Hey, it's Beth here, episode 416. Um, I'm going through a rough patch because my brother-in-law died and he was a baby. He was like 63 and his wife was 54. And he was just getting ready to retire and he was gonna be wonderful at it, just wonderful. He set himself up perfectly. He didn't get one day. He didn't even get to the finish line. He was in the process of retiring. So I've had a rough time, but last night I woke up and I was thinking about my old plumber, Scott, and I really hadn't ever thought about how much he meant to me or why he meant so much to me. Like people think it's funny, but it wasn't funny. I had left my friend Debbie in Dallas, my, you know, her father, she was Debbie Burkle, I was Mary Merkel. Um, her father was Bill Burkle. My father was Matt Merkel. We were both from Long Island. We became instantaneous best friends and made life in Dallas for me so, so much easier because she got me. She got my sense of humor. She got me. And I had to leave her and go to Austin. So I come to Austin with two babies and my husband and my dog and my fish and my birds and I made no friends. Brett went to a Montessori preschool. Matt and I would play around. Brett went from 8.30 till 11.30. So we'd fool around, go places, meet people. And right near the preschool was the Junior League headquarters. Okay, Junior League women are like very serious about their small circles of friends and keeping things like that. So I get chatting with this woman that would be playing with a kid at the, this great playground across the street from that building that I didn't even know was there. And we'd be doing fun. And then all of a sudden they'd say something about some party or something. And I'd say, I don't know who you're talking about. They assumed I was in the junior league. They dropped me like a hot coal. I got really, really weird. And believe me, I was fat in high school. I got weirder than that. People can sense it. They really can. So Brett found out at his preschool that after lunch, there was an hour and a half of playtime. And he went up to his teacher and he asked the teacher, is that true that you have lunch and you play for an hour and a half in this great playground? She said, yeah, Brett, why don't we ask your mother if you can stay? He started crying. She was like, uh-oh. Brett, why can't you stay after lunch? I can't, I can't do it to my mother. I need to be with my mother. Brett, what are you saying? I, I can't leave my mother alone. I need to be with my mother. Well, something like that will get you thrown into the preschool gulag and they will question you. She brought him to another teacher, got the same response. We went to the principal's office. Brett wasn't saying anything. I just need to get home. I can't stay, I want to stay, but I can't stay. Finally, the principal, being the cunning principal that she was, unhinged him with three cookies and a Coke. After that, he was putty in her hands. Brett, why can't you stay after lunch for playtime? I can't do it to my mother, I can't do it. Brett, why can't you do it to your mother? 
I can't do it to my mother because, because I'm my mother's only friend. Well, that went around the school like, like nothing you've ever seen. And the school started setting me up with mothers, like play dates with mothers. So I'd make friends so I would let my son go. I mean, it was the Bad Mother of the Year Award again. And it, it was because I didn't have any friends and he knew it. He, he could see it. I just wasn't, I wasn't making it. I wasn't making it out there in the big world. So he was my friend. So anyway, I get set up with mothers and it wasn't working out. I really was getting incredibly weird. We had this guest toilet in our house. Iffy at best as guest toilets always are. Guest room toilets are always iffy. Got stopped up, called a plumber. In walks Scott, Angus Plumbing. Checks out the toilet. He says he can't fix it, that it's an act of God. I fall into hysterics. He falls into hysterics. The kids laugh with us. He's hilarious. He starts telling us about all of his exploits in the plumbing business. I'm laughing my head off. He likes me. Finally, somebody likes me. He leaves. My husband kid comes home. What happened with the toilet? A great plumber. We've got a great plumber. Really, it's fixed. No, it's not fixed. He said it was an act of God and nothing can be done. He just looked at me. He was so busy at work. He couldn't even handle it. Okay then, he says. So that goes on for a while. And when guests come, you're kind of nervous. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But things went well. And nobody used the toilet, really, because it was right there in the dining room. They'd go into the bedroom, which was a relief. Okay, my door is open in the summertime and all these kids are coming down the street because we have a bear pool and a super playground equipment. Twins up the block, coming in and out, the door's open, very, very sweet cul-de-sac. We lived on, nothing to worry about. All of a sudden, uh, my toilet gets stopped up and I call Scott. I'm like, yay, call Scott. He comes out, fixes the toilet. It stopped up again two weeks later. I have no idea why I haven't had company. I don't know what's going on. Comes back in two weeks, fixes it again. We have a great chat, good times. You know, comes out and blows a couple of bubbles, you know, off the deck with the kids and I. Gets back in his car. I call him again the next week. I'm like, what is happening? So he comes into the house and he fixes the toilet. And he says, Beth, I have to talk to you. I'm like, okay. He's like, I, I had to hide this, uh, this work order from my wife. I'm like, really, why? He said, Beth, I think you know why. I'm like, I really don't know why. I really don't know what's going on. I don't have a clue what's happening to this toilet because no one's using it. He just looks at me and he goes, this isn't the first time this has happened to me. I'm like, what? You have a, like other ghost-related toilet and things happening? He's like, no, Beth. I want you to know I care. And I really think you're fun and I like you. But I'm happily married. I'm like, what is happening? What are you talking about? You're happily married. What does this have to do with my toilet? He said, Beth, 
You don't need to pretend. I'm like, I'm not pretending. I don't know what's going on. He thought I wanted to have an affair with him. And I was attracting him by stopping up my toilet. I laughed so loud, a neighbor came over. He laughed so loud when he figured out that it was a joke. We finally figured it out. One of the twins up the block was having trouble toilet training and he was stopping himself up and using my toilet so his mother wouldn't find out. That came out like a month later. I had to call Scott and tell him what happened. This was how we established, established this amazing relationship. And it went on forever because that toilet was an act of God and it, it, he'd come at least once a year and it was great. It's the only thing that ever went wrong at the house. We were getting ready to move to our other house to get in a better school district, I thought. And uh, he said, listen, buy any house you want, but don't buy a house with the toilets that are attached to the wall. I'm like, really? I thought they just did that in like boys' bathrooms. He said, no, they do it in homes and it's horrible. Do not buy a house with those toilets. Well, I bought a house with those toilets and it really created some friction between us. He thought I bought the house with the toilets just to get to him. He said, what, what have I done wrong? I'm like, you know what, Scott? It's really not all about you. I did think about the toilets and how they were attached to the wall, but it was, it was a good house in our price range in the school district we needed. And it had nice neighbor kids. He said, oh, neighbor kids, oh, here we go again. Well, actually, we did have the same problem again because my door was always opened with the kid three doors down. And he started coming back and the toilet upstairs, actually someone sat on it and it came off the wall. He came over and he was yelling at me, like this is what happens. I was like, Scott, Scott, remember we're friends. We had our first fight, our first lover's quarrel. And so what he did was he just put a piece of PVC piping underneath it. He said, this is what you get from me. And he said, I'm gonna charge you double because I told you not to do this. I was like, wow, we are fighting. And he stayed for like another half an hour, told me more as exploits of his job. Just the nicest, most fun guy. And I know it for sure because my friend Debbie, whose husband was a jet fighter pilot, fell in love with Scott too. And that guy did everything by the book. Scott did nothing by the book. He was just great. He was just fun. He was wonderful. So we went on for many more years with that crazy, this is a 35 year relationship, with that crazy house with toilets that he hated. Okay, so he has to move back to Weatherford with his wife and his mom. And he starts making, it's the commute is five and a half hours. He still keeps his clients in Austin for a while, but he eventually had to give it up. The last time I saw Scott, he saw me with Brett in the car. Brett had like a muscle car. This was a long time ago, years ago. And he looked at me and he thought that I divorced my husband and went off with a younger man. Now, I know that doesn't sound good, but the fact that Scott thought such horrible things about me, but loved me anyway, was wonderful. 
and the fact that he was so funny that every single time he came, when he would leave, my, my ribs would be killing me. The guy was amazing. So we just had this problem with our toilets and we were going to have to hire another plumber. The thought of that just really broke me. I mean, I'm going through enough. I'm having problems. We're losing people right and left. And I just couldn't bear the thought of, a, of another plumber coming to the house. So I was trying to fix it myself. And you can find all these things because really, I don't know. I just couldn't bear it. It was such a long-lasting, terrific relationship that I just, I couldn't even look at another plumber. So I'm trying to fix this and I get all this stuff online about hot water and Dawn and nothing's working. And it's going on and on. We got a plunger. We worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. We were getting to the point where we were gonna have to call another plumber. And I was really, really upset about it. I'm not normal. I've made that clear. This thing was, it was one of my best relationships of my life. So I found this guy on the internet, how to unclog toilet without a plunger. He had 40,000 reviews. It's not a spritz of Dawn. It's a cup or a cup and a half of Dawn. And you put it in with a little bit of warm water just off the tap, not boiling, and you leave it there for an hour and a half. And he said, you're gonna get this sound and it's gonna go. <laughs> I got it. I was victorious. I was my own Heathcliff, just like in Wuthering Heights. I am my own plumber now. I do not need a plumber. I am Scott. You know, and I, I, I want to call him sometimes, but I, I just, it's such a good relationship. And it ended on a great note. He actually thought I left my husband for a younger man. I mean, I can't explain because it's impossible because this is sick. How funny I thought that was. <laughs> he just, he liked me for someone I wasn't. I mean, he had so much faith in me that I was so bad. It just made me so happy to think that somebody could look at me and think I was capable of things like that, like having an affair with your plumber, using stopped up toilets as a, you know, as a uh, commander look. That's not a great commander look, Scott, I'm positive, but that you thought I was capable of that. And then having an affair with a teenager. I mean, I don't know why I think it's so funny, but just that he thought those things about me, no matter how many years we were together, he'd look in my eyes and he'd see this. Just, it thrilled me. No one else saw that in me. No one else saw such despicable things. Just, just the greatest, just the greatest relationship. So, the chapter's done, the book's done. I am Heathcliff, I am my own plumber now. I, I, and I woke up last night when I was feeling really blue, thinking about how, and I had this triumphant feeling, just thinking about the, that and it's fixed it's been fixed for like three and a half weeks I really fixed my own toilet I don't need a new plumber I can just keep my memory of Scott the way it is 
and I know I don't get out much, and I know I don't have a big life, and I know this is weird, but it's all done. I am Heathcliff. I am, and, it, and it, my story's ending better than Wuthering Heights, a little bit, because I got, I got to the finish line all by myself. So, I don't know what you could possibly have in your life that is remotely like this story, but I just want you to know that even crazy things can make you feel sane. Even crazy stories that no one would understand. It doesn't matter. It, it's so real to me. And Scott is so real to me. And that 35-year relationship with the plumber who never fixed anything is just one of the purest things that I had in my life. And he was there for me in the beginning when I was completely unloved in Austin. Un, unattractive, unloved, undesirable, un-everything and getting quirkier and weirder and people can smell, they can smell desperation. And I was smelling like desperation. People could see it in my eyes. I, I was so lonely. And then this plumber comes into my life. I guess, it, I guess in reality, it could be anybody. But for me, that's who it was. And he will always be Lady Chatterley's plumber to me. You should see what he really looked like. Not like that. I mean, he was really, he looked just like a plumber. But he had just a wicked sense of humor. So this is my tribute to my plumber. And it saved my life last night when I was very depressed. It could be anybody, anybody. Just think over your life. Maybe there was somebody great that just isn't going to make it into any romance novel anytime soon, but it doesn't really matter. So this is the final chapter of Lady Chatterley.